welcome to another episode of In Another World, a pop culture podcast. And I am your host, Zachary Landolt. And today we are talking about something that I've been waiting for for a solid, I mean, I guess a year. I'm trying to remember when we first heard of this. But we're talking about the Sex and the City uh, reboot, continuation, however you want to look at it, and just like that, and comparing it to its original show, Sex and the City, and I am joined by a dear friend of the show, has been on many times to talk about Smash, um, not to completion, but we we almost got there. It's from Awards Daily, it's Joey Moser. Hi, we can pick right that back up. You don't think that I'm ready to do smash anything it's been a long intermission uh mm-hmm. i think we got like three episodes from the end <laughs> just kind of like, eh. listen i i just kind of let it i let it go <laughs> not to reference frozen bitch how are you i'm good um mm-hmm. i would say to reference episode three is very hi and joey moser and i'm used to getting rammed from behind oh like, my Oh yeah, just right up front. We are gonna be. I think there's no way to talk about the new show without just giving spoilers. So if you haven't watched the show yet, maybe go watch it, then come back to the episode because I'm not gonna tiptoe around spoilers because there's things we want to get into. So this is an episode for the people that have already watched and just like that. So that being said, what are your first thoughts so far as having seen the first three episodes? Now I. Um, after the first two dropped, I felt like I got somewhat defensive of some people online because, I mean, what, the show went off the air in 2000? Like four, I think, right? Um, quite literally, like an entire generation has, has pretty much come of age and yeah. I feel like all these people, a lot of, not all these people, but a lot of people were just like, oh my God, it's not the same. And I was like, yeah, it's not the same. Um, they're mm-hmm. in the 50s. The world is completely different. Um, completely the- different. Like, is- truly wild. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, I'm sorry that they're not making like cum jokes and, and like. But give them time. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Louis Vuitton purse references. I'm like. <laughs> Um, there is a Pashmina I, joke that, yeah. <laughs> that it was so over my head that I was Miranda. Was like, I don't know what any of those words mean, but okay. <laughs> well, I, I sort of appreciated the, um, it starts in a very dramatic direction very fast, um, mm-hmm. as the internet quickly found out. Um, yeah. And I didn't mind that i think it makes the comedy when that when the comedy does come i think it it pops a little bit more um but i feel like i don't know i appreciate what it's doing and it's doing something different and i'm a little impressed with um them taking the balls to um you know do something different and they're not shafting us as an audience you know like it's it's good Listen, if Samantha can't be here, we can all just be Samantha. So this being a pop culture podcast, I usually do your birth in pop culture, but you've already been on the show before. So we already know about your birth in pop culture. So I'm instead going to look at a moment in pop culture, comparing where culture is at now and where it was when Sex and the City premiered on June 6, 1998. So the culture in 1998 in June, the number one movie 
to my surprise, I never thought this movie would have been a number one movie, but it was The Truman Show starring Jim Carrey. He was raised on live television without ever knowing. Is he looking at us? But the only thing they couldn't control is what he'd do if he found out. Jim Carrey, The Truman Show, rated PG. Uh, Yeah, because that movie went up against, I remember it came out the same weekend that A Perfect Murder came out. And I was really into like, um, like, oh God, I can't think of the word, like thrillers, kind of like that. It was a remake of a Hitchcock movie. Um, Both of them on the same weekend. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, we love thoughts. We love, we love thoughts. We love um, and the number one song in America was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica, which is still a classic, I would say. TRL just about <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly for episode three of and just like that the boy is mine is like you know it's all playing my head the entire time <laughs> um, and then you know culture where we're at now like the number one movie when this premiered was Encanto let's go Disney's Encanto is enchanting so perfect it's a mystery that keeps surprising you it's pure bliss from the studio that brought you Frozen comes a movie experience you can only see in theaters. Disney's Encanto, rated PG. Tickets available now. You know, I, I haven't seen it, but I, you know, don't think I will. I don't see children's movies very often. So there's nothing against the movie. Um, okay. It's just it's the way it is. And uh, again, a very uh, apt song for where Carrie Bradshaw's at in the new show. The number one song is Easy On Me by Adele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's where we're at um two emotional songs and we've got jim carrey and and pixar that's where we're at um now i have a question what did you what do you love most about the original series like what was it that made it your jam i think um this hit what what was 98 so i was i'm older than you zach so shut up um 98 in June, I would have been, I was 14. Oh, you're not that much older than me. Would you please? Okay, well, let's just skate over that. Um, so I think it was, I was obviously not out. I was not this, this uh, uh, flamboyant and queer mm-hmm. as I am now. But it, I remember watching the show and really wanting to catch a glimpse of New York City because I had been there maybe once or twice yeah. before. Um, I feel like <laughs> this is a show, like, not to get super analytical about it, but there was, like, you know, it's about the female mm. gays and, then like, what they want. Um, and this was unlike anything that we have had on television before. So um, I also feel like I tried watching the show because I wanted to see if there were any naked men on the show. Yeah, we saw some asses. 
Not, yeah, nice. nice we finally acid. saw a dick in the movie, but like you know, it's about and if not, if not like the side, like a good fifty-two percent of the yeah. dick. Enough that I was like, different. good for good for who's married to. Yeah, good God. <laughs> um, but I really just tuned into the show because I was a huge Sarah Jessica Parker fan yeah. from the get. Like I was nine when I watched Hocus Pocus. I watched, I probably shouldn't have watched all of mm-hmm. the movies that made in the 90s. Like, wasn't uh, Miami Rhapsody? Oh my God. If Lucy fell, um, <gasps> renting them prime time video. What a, what a choice for like a little 10 year old to be watching If Lucy Fell. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, it was more like, um, I remember, of course, Hocus Pocus, but I also was really into Mars Attacks, and I, I love her in Mars Attacks. <laughs> I, I kind of just love that movie. Um, uh, and Ed, Ed Wood, because I was a weird little kid watching Ed movies Wood, that I yeah. didn't fully understand. I know. I think that I um, was always sort of a little defensive about some people, how some people talk about Sarah Jessica mm-hmm. Parker. I think she is a really great example of an actress who is very beautiful, but very, um, like, I, I remember going to see Hocus Pocus. I was like, ooh, I like her because she's the pretty witch. Yeah. And then we were seeing her and other stuff, and I was like, oh, no, she's, like, she's funny. And, like, she can yeah. pull off that, like, really ditzy um, She has thing. that theater training. Yeah. We, we stand a theater mm-hmm. actress. Uh, if they've been uh, on the boards, we're all about it. Once upon a mattress. Oh God. Can you even? So that's really why I tuned in and I sort of fell in love with like the fantasy of the show. Like I feel like some people maybe take the show a little too like God, literally. Yes. My God. And uh, I think something, uh, not to jump to the new show, the, the new show is a little bit more of a reality and the old show is more of like a, a New York kind of fantasy it's kind of like a fairy tale but more of like a fantasy of women doing it for themselves and manolo blonics <laughs> yeah and and lots of as you said cum jokes and cum <laughs> jokes and uh yeah. well i guess okay in a weird way in a weird way i feel like there's a certain like subdivision of of probably white gay men who watch this show who learned a little bit about sex from sex in the city i, I learned much other than like, I mean, I think about like, well, I don't know. You know the thing when you're younger, things like fly over your head. So it's not even that I think stuff like stuck in my head that much. And then later, like now I'll go back and watch old episodes and be like, oh, wow. Mm, eating ass, eating ass, you know. But at the time it was not exactly like sticking out. It's actually like my only, well, not my only gripe with the old show because I have a, it's like one of those shows where I feel like defensive when I say it's one of my favorite shows because people can give a very judgmental look of like, oh, so you like sex in the city. And I I like to say, I, and I think the show itself is now, you know, admitting where its shortcomings were originally. I think we can all, you know, say that. But you can still love something and see how it could have been better. And it was a moment in time. It was an imperfect moment in time. Um, but I do wish, like, there was gay representation on the show, um, but I did feel like they sort of kept it separate from, like, it's weird, like, Samantha, oh, not Samantha, Charlotte and Carrie both have, like, very close 
friends that are gay men and yet they are never invited to brunch like i just i'm sorry like that's like not accurate <laughs> and it feels homophobic is what it does um and i feel like they're trying to mend that now it, at least it feels like so far in the new show yeah there's um i i feel like maybe this show sort of um was on like the cusp of how much the gays burst into television and like what the show debuted in 98 yeah. will and grace also debuted in 98 yeah good point 99 um and then there was just like a veritable explosion it was like fact 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 but um <laughs> maybe it wasn't um maybe they didn't have them go to brunch and and uh stuff like that because it wasn't in fashion yet. Boo. i'm sorry yeah well, you know go back and read the core four give let the gays in so i guess that's my next question of the original show who was your favorite of the the core four characters that's so pathetic i'm like it's so hard it is hard Um, i for some reason and i don't like admitting this i was sort of always attracted to um Charlotte's mm-hmm. trying to think of the right Remember? word. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, kind of more how naive she was. In the club, you know. Um, <laughs> um it, I mean, it's easy to say that you know I, I like something about every single one of them. When I was watching the show. I was more into right. Carrie and Samantha because I feel like Samantha was having of course the and sex all those asses. That I feel like I was going to have um, all those asses. Um, <laughs> I only made it to base camp one. Um, <laughs> and then I feel like maybe then I was I was more yeah. into Carrie, but I think now just thinking of the original show mm-hmm. um yeah. i would say carrie slash miranda what's weird but i i feel like i, I don't know I, I feel bad for kristen davis because i feel like sometimes charlotte is put on this like they're like ugh, and then there's charlotte like oh goddamn charlotte and whenever because i've rewatched the show <laughs> countless <laughs> times i rewatched it before the revival came out and i actually feel like her performance is very underrated because I mean, she makes she makes me cry a couple times that show. Like she she takes me there because I feel like with her character, uh, I mean, other than maybe Samantha, I think she has the most growth as a character over. Like, I mean, obviously she's still Charlotte at the end of the day, but from mm-hmm. where she started to like where she ended, like I find that to be like one of the most like satisfying arcs of all the four characters. But I will say my favorite character, I do think. I mean, mm-hmm. as you know boring an answer it is is carrie just because i thought it was very maybe brave maybe that's the word to use i don't know to have your lead character be so problematic and be so imperfect like she she can be a really shitty friend sometimes on the original show um yeah. but that feels relatable to me like it feels more real than i i don't like it when characters are written to just be likable all the time like that's like that's I, mean, I don't know maybe it's just not my experience with like i love my friends but we all drive each other crazy well, sometimes 
Yeah, I think there's, um, I remember when she cheats on Aiden and I remember like how huge that was. Like, I feel like if that would <laughs> happen God, today, like I feel like it would shut down Twitter. Like, <laughs> this is, oh, fuck you, Twitter. Um, she, it, it, it's like, that was, su- I thought that was such a bold thing to do for the show. Um, and sort of going back to what you said, she is kind of a shitty friend. I want there to be, and maybe someone has already done it, but I want someone to uh, time the amount of time where everyone is talking about Carrie's problems mm-hmm. versus how much she's mm-hmm. allowing mm-hmm. room for anyone else's problems. Um, really funny. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's from her perspective. So um, as Miranda says, from your point of view, um, I apologize no, for all these stupid please, little, I gotcha. <laughs> all these stupid little lines that I'm probably going to say that make no sense. Okay, um, I do love how Charlotte's original journey ended because she she was the she was the character yeah. who wanted to live in the fantasy mm-hmm. that she made up of herself, and it's completely different. Not just the stuff with Trey, but all the stuff with Harry. I I think uh, that ending is so I love Harry satisfying, and I I think he's the best part of Harry all the partners. So I think oh. I would actually say, and this is controversial, but Bray, um, oh. but I think Harry is actually one of the hotter parts. We need Harry appreciation because people really. I think he's hot. I've uh, I've always thought that Harry as well. It makes me upset. Yeah. I mean, he's so sweet to her, and he also yeah. doesn't put up with her shit either. You know what I mean? We love that. Um, though she does make him get his back nice. waxed. Love him to this day. Because I mean, we saw it in the in the new show, and I'm like, oh, yeah. just keeping it smooth, baby. Or maybe just all those years of the waxing. Maybe it's finally stopped mm-hmm. going back. You know. Maybe you know. <laughs> we can only hope maybe the nerves are just dead in on his body. So Maybe. the big, obviously, like discourse over the sh- new show was how people felt about continuing forward without Samantha, because this entire Kim Cattrall thing has been, I mean, it's, it's been talked about so much. I feel like, and I still feel like we'll never know what happened with this goddamn show and these four actresses, because it's like, when I watch them talk about each other in interviews, and granted they're being interviewed, so they're on their best behavior, but all of the language is like so coded that I'm like, what the fuck went on in this place? But how did you feel about them going forward without Samantha? Did you think that it would be fine? Were you worried about it? I don't know. Um, hmm, same. I was kind of worried because I mean just on a I mean people have said this just on like a sex right. level she mm. was having the I think sex. I've heard that somewhere before she sex and sex in the city <laughs> um yeah she um the thing that I thought I was gonna miss though was I thought Carrie always opened up mm. to Samantha in a different yeah. way than she opens up to Charlotte or uh, I was going to miss that. Like she was the first person to tell um, Samantha was the first person right. that Carrie uh-huh. told yeah. about the affair that she had 
there's like a trust that she has with Samantha because Samantha well, doesn't you fire judge her, people then as much as other people do. Across the ocean, let me tell you. Um, until you fire her, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, I was going to worry about that. And now that I've seen the first couple of episodes, the direction that they're going in, I would mm-hmm. be curious to see how she fits into that world. Um, but right. I mean, I do miss her because Kim Cattrall's amazing in that part. Um, but I'm worried about it yeah. to begin with. I'm way less worried now that we're three. Yeah, and I would say, like, I think people I were worried that the show was not going to be something that's not even trying to be. You know, like it's because it's not trying to be the old show. Because again, <laughs> they're women in their mid to late fifties. Uh, it's, but it also it is kind of fascinating. I do wonder right. what Samantha's spot would be like on the show now. Like now, as like a woman in her sixties, like it's it's kind of fascinating because Kim Cattrall has said that she didn't want to play this like sexed up character anymore. But I actually feel like it would have been the most fascinating to still be following her character mm-hmm. now. And like I actually feel like in the lens of this new show. I don't know. It's, I, I I still hold out hope that maybe she would come back someday, but I, I just, um, I don't know. I... I think I've said this to you before, but I still have a weird feeling. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just a little too, maybe it's a little too much Charlotte in me. That's too optimistic. Maybe she's, maybe she's in episode 10. Maybe it's a super secret thing. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the final shot of the last episode of this season is... Samantha stepping out of a car. I don't know. Um, maybe they would do that with and not see her face, and maybe they're just We've like, got oh, you now, Ben. You have to be on the show now." Well, she's being very um, quiet about the show. She hasn't really said. We got anything. you. Um, I wonder if 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 she does watch it, I would love to hear her mm-hmm. opinion because and I would say like more complex even direction. given and honestly. Given the dirt that she spilt on Sarah Jessica Parker and the show, don't only call it dirt because I'm not even we sure like what's what's reality, what's like perspective, what's you know I don't know. I wasn't there. I did not work in the offices of Sex and the City, uh, so I, I do not know. Um, but they're I think they're being pretty kind towards her character, and to, like I feel like they're definitely setting up a world where she could come back, and it wouldn't be like awkward you know what i mean like i don't know i feel like i'm actually surprised with how much they're sprinkling her into the narrative so far well even in episode three when when there's that conversation between uh stanford and charlotte and she said i tried to find a place for brunch where carrie hadn't been to with Mm -hmm. big or samantha right exactly need to put yeah, that in so there it, it's okay so let's just get into it so in the new revival they say that she basically moved to london after carrie just stopped using her services as a publicist which i mean first of all like like okay yeah like whatever it's like book um selling. one what did you think of that as an excuse and two uh, d- uh, 
how does it feel to you in terms of her character? Because as you said before, I actually agree with this. I would say she was the least judgmental of any of the four friends. Um, I just, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this explanation into where she is? Um, I think, I think it's wise that yes. because what I thought was they were going to give us not a second scene, to even breathe immediate. before. Yeah. It was fun up. <laughs> Bitsy Von they're like, Muffling. They're like, hey, Bitsy, you know. First of all, how dare they bring her back and Bitsy not Ma- Nathan Lane? I was like, this is a crime. I'm sorry, why do they have to kill Nathan Lane? And first of all, dead? How, dare. how dare? And just like that, oh. Nathan Lane died. That's all there is. Um, <gasps> and just like that, <laughs> they didn't want to be a part of the show. Um, I think it's wise that they didn't just do that because that's what I expected them to do. Like, conversation do oh, she's not that. dead. Like, okay, that's it. They're gonna. <laughs> no, she's not dead. <laughs> like, I was expecting like Kristen Davis to be like, she's not dead. She could come back at any oh time. Like, just look directly at the camera. Oh. <laughs> uh. I, I thought it was wise that they did that because I feel like that makes it more <laughs> makes it more real. But I feel like it makes the loss of her presence um, mm-hmm. a lot more connected to the story. And maybe that is a calculated move with potential plans that they're going to do. Who knows? Um, but I think that's well, smarter than just being like, she's not here. And she doesn't have like a show on on the air or anything right now right well she's doing the with the queerest folk reboot or something she's doing something what is she doing do you know this there was some project i remember they talked about i know she was on that really pulpy uh soap opera on fox for like a second but then it got canceled um wait there's a oh no in real time in real time news just like um yeah like i feel like I definitely feel like they're keeping, um, you know, a foot in the door open for her. Like, you know, we'll be in here regardless. But if you would like to come back, we can uh, we can figure that out. Um, so, oh, but what does Kim Kato have to say? Do we have real news, or is it all bullshit? You know, Buzzfeed. They love clickbait. It says Buzzfeed. Um, sorry, there's a lot of. You know how they have like one sentence, and then there's like eight pictures. It says, it says that she was liking tweets about how she wasn't in it. So someone tweeted, and just like that, I find mm. myself only wanting to watch anything Kim Cattrall is in. This is a Cattrall appreciation tweet. She tweeted, she liked that. Um, and the other people um, say like, and just like that, I want to rewatch the 2014 HBO Canada prestige Toronto set dramedy Sensitive Skin starring mm. Kim Cattrall. Um, So there's, she's, I don't think she's made like a direct. I was about to say, I even researched this uh, last night. I thought you were like in real time news. Classic BuzzFeed. They love to misdirect. Lies. Lies Minnelli. Yeah. Um, Who is in? No, second movie. Second movie. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just, I don't know. I, 
I wonder how long they can continue without her presence. I mean, I'm not missing her. I I, I will say I haven't been missing her so far because that's the thing. Like they brought in so many new characters into the show this time. And so it doesn't feel like there's like a big loss there. I don't know, at least for me. Yeah, I'm enjoying the, the introductions to the new characters. I feel like, um, yeah. I mean, I love Sarah Ramirez, like blank period, and anything. Do I still listen yes. to yes. the song she sang? Do I watch her performance in the Tony Awards from Spam a lot? Yes, of course. Of course you do. I only have I only have a heart and a head. And I just a, love that I love that energy <laughs> coming from Sarah Ramirez. Um, it's like, and I'm I'm like I think everyone's gonna fuck her or them. Excuse me, them. Yeah. Them. Yeah. At the end, I was like, that's it. <laughs> she's she's gonna just take honestly, over the whole thing, for, and everyone for, says like she's gonna fuck everyone. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So at the end of the first episode, <laughs> we get a big moment. <laughs> Well, and just like that, Big dies. Why? What happened? Now, I, I can't even say that... Okay, so the thing about this show is as an obsessive fan, I unfortunately looked at, like, every Instagram, like, post that I saw about this goddamn show from, like, both the official Instagram, but also just, like, fan Instagrams. There was yeah. so much, like, internet sleuthing going on with this show. Um, and I will say... Not everyone knew that he died. A lot of people just thought they got divorced because they actually apparently filmed a lot of fake scenes on the street to just throw people off, and it definitely threw people off. Um, but there was a moment in the first episode of the new series where Carrie is leaving the apartment, and he just lingers and looks at her like, like I'm just looking at you, kid. And I was like, oh, he's dying. <laughs> he's going to die on that bike. <laughs> he's going to die on that Peloton bike. It's all Peloton's fault. Um, how did you how did you feel about this 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 uh plot point of killing off big in the first episode yeah his death how do you think about his death his his death death to all men death his death to all men. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um i was shocked um i knew that he was going to die because no one um, does a montage juxtaposing dramatic piano music and working out without somebody dying. Um, that in all seriousness, not to be stuck. But I was like, oh, he's dead. Um, um, I, I, it's 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 very shocking to me because um, I. It it makes the, the events of the first movie seem real silly. Um, we were like, "Oh, I almost didn't get married <laughs> to you." you the beach with flowers. Uh, <laughs> I am humiliated. <laughs> I am humiliated. I want to. That is a goal of mine to scream. I am humiliated oh, I, with that I, amount I of oh, like. Also, I love when humiliated. That's like <laughs> no, that's so no. <laughs> the drama. <laughs> I remember when I saw that in theaters. Um, <laughs> the, the woman sitting behind me had such a reaction to that. Like, oh my God, I cursed the day you were born. <laughs> um, 
uh. <laughs> um it's 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 uh, I, I i was so shocked by it that i in a way that I had worried that my feeling was going to be like, well, the show feels pointless now because, because of this. Um, but my immediate thought was, this is how they're going okay. to start it. This is their springboard point of the show. So well, um, I, just, I thought it was very interesting because yeah, I, I was talking it. to <laughs> uh, a friend on another podcast about this. And I said that I thought it was kind of a natural like, like when I thought about the idea of like, what if they kill off Big at the beginning of the show? Um, I was like, oh, well, that would open up a lot of story because it would literally just like, first of all, <laughs> it would make Carrie single again in her 50s. And like, you know, how do you navigate that? And I thought that'd be interesting to go to yeah. a more like a dark and heavy place mixed with comedy. Like, I thought that would be, a, if you're going to do a new show, like, why not have it have a different vibe and a different like the vibe? Like, there are things that feel like the classic show, but then, like, it definitely feels darker. It feels uh, and heavier, and it's it feels, mm-hmm. I don't know, more grown up. I don't know. It's, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how all of this goes, um, but it did shock me. Also, uh, why didn't Carrie call 911? It's the question that everyone's asking on the internet. My, my theory is that she was in shock, first of all, and also, he had a history of heart disease, and I feel like, I, I said this to someone, they were like, but she's not a doctor, she shouldn't make that prognosis, but I, I, I said, well, maybe she, like, could just tell from, like, his face that, like, it, like, it was too late, like, like, he had been sitting there for too long, like, he was, like, I don't know, he wasn't gonna make it. I felt like, uh, in a dramatic way that she knew that there was no point in calling. That's kind of, yeah. And it felt it's like, like she held on me. just yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, my husband is a doctor and he um, was yelling at the television. It was like two in the morning when we watched the episode. And then he was just like, call 911. He just kept yelling at and yelling at like, call 911. It's TV. Like, it's TV. Too late. I was like, shut up. Now, Grace, too maybe late. she did call 911, but then when I got there, he was dead. Maybe she just wanted to hold him for a second. Yeah. I think it would have been, I think it right. honestly would have taken away from the scene if she was like on the phone. I mean, her acting stuff. Scene, I, I think it's more like, about the connection between him. the two of them. Yeah, I even talked to people who said, I don't like the show. I don't like her acting. And I, she what is it with the hatred towards Sarah Jessica Parker? Like, uh, I know so many people like, oh, God, I don't like Sarah Jessica Parker. And I just, and it's so ironic because, well, other than one person, um, all these people that have worked with her throughout like her career all talk about what like a nice person she is, like how lovely she is to work with, how down to earth she is. And yet, for some reason, I don't know if it's the Carrie Bradshaw effect of just like she comes off like an uppity bitch to people or something. I don't know. What do you think it is with SJP? Yeah. Um, I mean, she's a very private person. Um, and she's a very like, um, I feel like a lot of times when 
someone is yeah. named like a like a fashionable person or every time they step out and everybody wants to know what they're wearing for some reason i think those people get yeah. sort of a bad rap or they seem superficial and when you couple that with like in interviews like she doesn't talk about her private life um she barely right. talks about her kids in interviews because it's not appropriate to even though i think she's a lovely interview guest. Um, i think she yeah and i think she's also yeah i it's think she's also kid. like a little she has awkward. that weird theater kid vibe always yeah i think she's the type of like theater kid who likes doing the work i feel like that part of carrie bradshaw like where she doesn't like, um, yeah. like she doesn't like looking at herself in an odd way. I've always yeah. thought that that was very true. You don't to know her Sarah personality. Do I know her? Absolutely not. Is that probably right. completely wrong? Oh, she's in the kitchen. I do. I mean, she's downstairs. She's 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 yeah, yeah. No, she doesn't. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. She's just relaxing. Just oh, like and just it's like Thursday. That. My new episode is on. I don't want. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just here. first of all, one of my I I went down this rabbit hole one day during quarantine, where I just was watching all of her <laughs> appearances on the David Letterman show, and she's just so like like I don't know delightful because uh, that you can tell there actually are like friends in like real life outside of her being on his TV show, and I'm just like, how could anyone hate this woman? And yet Kim Cattrall does. I will never forget just because I was like, wow, the drama. Like, what is what is the story here? When Kim Cattrall's brother passed away and she had made a post, like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, like sending oh, you love. And she was like, I don't need your sympathy or your <laughs> your love, Sage Marker. You're not my friend. And you will not use my brother's death as an opportunity to restore your nice girl image. I was like, oh, Jesus. Wow. I oh god, it's like even just hearing you like say that like makes me want to like crawl under my like, desk and uh, die. My god! Um, oh, oof, I mean, I absolutely. Uh, I was like, well, maybe shit, that was the grief. And talking. I think Sarah Parker is uh, a emotionally intelligent enough person to be like that has probably a lot nothing to do with me, um, and that's that's fine. <laughs> for me it's like i'll never forget just kim cattrall very <laughs> calmly saying on first of all the pierce morgan show so let's just let's remind ourselves where she was we're like we weren't friends we were colleagues and in a way it's a good place to be just <laughs> like what is the point of this what are you doing it was so it the whole thing just feels like such a third act twist to me in in the saga of sex in the city I had always wondered if maybe ugh, I, I had always wondered if Kim Cattrall just sort of got sick and tired of only talking about that part because it was six seasons. It's I mean yeah. it it is still very iconic with what she show, but maybe she just got sick and tired of only being like she's like people only want to talk to me about but girl i mean then give him something else to talk about like i want to tell you like it's i mean well it's just like that's like her most iconic thing so it's like of course like there are other actors that still get 
asked about parts from like 20, 30 years ago, you know? So it's just like the way it is. It's just the way it is. First of all, people mm-hmm. are simple. People are stupid. And they want to hear about this one thing. I have a, I have another theory. It's not even like really a theory because she like straight up said it in an interview. But I got this weird feeling that she almost resented the fact that like the other women like while they were on the show like had children like you know were starting families and she I think she felt this pressure now whether this was like self-imposed pressure or not but the pressure to like well I can't have kids because I have to have all these sex scenes so I guess I'll just like stay in insane shape while they go off and have children and I feel like maybe later in life she regretted not like making those choices for herself but then I also think if she had really, I think I, I just get the feeling if she had gone to the producer and been like, hey, I really want to have a kid. Is there a way to f- figure this out? Like, I, I feel like they could have found a way to like, okay, we'll like cast a body double. We'll like figure out, like, we'll figure out a way to do this. I just don't, I don't know. But I feel like there's a lot of resentment there, clear, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's um, it is sort of very. Uh, anytime it's brought up, it is it is very loaded, and I feel like that. I watched that yeah, Morgan all, interview again. Morgan, and it's like, like, ah. yeah. Can we not go on Pierce Morgan? So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I... Ha- the other thing with the show that I found, and a lot of it's Twitter, I'm sure to be totally honest, because Twitter is a toxic, evil place um, where bad things happen. How do you feel about all of this, I just think, gross ageism surrounding this goddamn show? Because you both have people saying, oh my God, look at Kristen Davis. She clearly had bad fillers done in her face. She looks terrible. Oh, why isn't Cynthia Nixon dying her hair gray? She looks too old. Then they like, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Ooh, she looks old. Like, why does Carrie look so old? Like, it's just, it's, it, you know. And of course, like the the Golden Girls has been brought up many times. Uh, it's truly wild. Um, I think I've always thought that. All of that was disgusting and it's gross. We don't do it to men. Um, sort of stuff that the show has brought up a little bit, like in its mm-hmm. original run, obviously, probably more so what it's gonna do later. Um, I I think I think it's really gross. I I I think that there's always been a lot of really horrible things said about Sarah Jessica Parker in general. I don't want to repeat any of them because I don't want to give those. She literally uh, was even a joke on Family Guy once. I think like a that completely is unneeded joke about like it was. I remember being like, "I fuck this show." I, That's why I stopped watching it. Actually, of all the things it did, yeah, it's just it's, gross. It, also, I don't. I'm sorry. Like, I'm gross. just gonna I say it's this. disgusting. I don't think she's an unattractive woman. Like I, whenever I watch the show. I'm like, she's a gorgeous lady. Like, there are times I don't love the hair choices she did on the show. But, like, it's just so wild to me that there's this weird... I don't think it's everybody, obviously. It's, like, gross, awful people. But, like, yeah, there is this, like, thing about... Yeah, I won't even... 
comparing her to a certain type of animal is what I would say. But you know, look it up. You can find it. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing when I started watching episode one, and you see her in hmm. that, you know, you I see love, her in the restaurant. The she makes bold fashion choices with a little hat. Um, I messaged my friend Megan immediately and I was like, she's, mm-hmm. she's has always been just so stunning to me. Um, she's the type of person who yeah. is charismatic without having to say anything. Um, and I think there's something, I, and I also don't like when people, I mean, speaking about looks and, and her fashion choices, fashion choices being like the character choices on the show, like, I don't think Carrie Bradshaw oh, cares about you or like the 50 worst looks. Like what was Carrie Bradshaw? Carrie Bradshaw is going to go home and change into a different outfit. And also and I think that's the whole point is like, she, it's, um, <laughs> she's just making bold choices and some of them might work perfectly and some might, yeah, be a little awkward, but it's just about, eh, I'd rather like take a chance. And I, I, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's so weird. It's, I, it's like what people love about the show is like the fashion, but they also like rip it apart. Yeah. Mm. And just going back to like what comments, what people were saying, it's just like, I don't understand why it kind of goes along mm. with what they're saying about, you know, do rebooting the show and, and being judgmental about the tone. It's like, my God let these women age <laughs> um you don't you know anytime something is done with a woman especially when they talk about aging it's we don't talk about it and it's automatically uh you know stacked with so much more derision and it's analyzed way more and like i don't hear you bitches talking about how bad look, michael douglas and very old that look show. And the you know what they're old men they could not walk the way the Carrie Bradshaw walks in, and just like that, she could not. They well, could not so, go from the so upper west side like, to know, see like she does. So there were so many out. jokes about like, what is this Golden Girls in the city? Like, but you think about, you know, when Golden Girls premiered, surprisingly, those actresses were like comparably aged to the women that are on this show, and I do think there is something about progress in terms of like how the women on Golden Girls were presented, like literally like four old biddies, even though they were probably like in their late 50s at the time, with how like these women are living very different lives with how they're being presented in this show. So I, I'm just, I mean, also, I maybe it's because I'm a gay. So I'm just, I like, I've been watching older women since I was a child. So I'm like, oh good, they're old now. So we can get into old lady stuff. We can watch some of the older women. Like, I I was like so excited for that. So it's just, I don't know, we're in different places. Internet trolls, I don't get you. Well, it's just like, they don't, it's, it's, it's such a clear sign that people are not interested in doing anything but tearing down how they look or how old they are when, especially the show, trying to talk about grief and- And different chapters of life, how like things change. Like, Like, it's so funny people like, 
this doesn't make any sense that Samantha's not here. And I'm like, I can tell you that, like, I have known older women that had friends, like, that they had been friends with for decades, decades, that they're not in contact with anymore. Because just shit happens, uh, you know, things change. Yeah. Like, again, we haven't followed these characters since the last movie, like, for 11 years, like, you know, almost 12 years. That's like that's a big chunk of time. And you do think like what is like what is like Samantha like in her like mid 60s as opposed to like the last time we saw her she was like the age the other women are now, you know. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I only want Samantha to get I, I want Samantha want to take her knee and nothing railed. More. <laughs> like you know like <laughs> No, it's also just like I wanted to uh, when I was getting so angry at all the people like this isn't what I love. I was like, Do you I say, want to yeah. go back to Abu Ghabi? Can we all disagree like, that we're already miles, miles ahead of where we'd end the things with Sex and the City too? Like, first of all, of course, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew uh, Michael Michael Patrick King wanted to do more of this because they're like, we can't end things with Sex and the City too. That can't be where we ended now i do wonder because of course there was all this talk of like sex and city three they were like working on it they were like really happy with the script i wonder how much of that script is this movie because i had heard a rumor that the third movie was about big dying and like her moving on so i don't know i wonder how much of it changed when samantha was taken out of the picture i wonder uh you know obviously with a television you have more time to cover things so i don't know I wonder. Sure. Hmm. I kind of like that they're doing it as a show more than a movie. Well, because first of all, well, can I be honest? I think they never should have made movies. Long, I think I've... they just should have like come back for like little limited series and just like did other little seasons of stuff. They really had more story to tell because yeah, each of those movies is like two and a half hours long, which is too long for that genre. Like it's not even like I like the first movie, but I'm like. God damn, this is a long movie. Like this movie is way too long. Yeah, and there was and it it was shortened. Like I saw this this uh, uncut edit of it once, and it it can be much longer. Is what I would say. And it's already a very long movie. So I don't know. I, I I'm happy we're getting a season of television. I am curious, especially with the newest episode. Uh, I definitely feel like Miranda's about to be a bisexual or queer like I, I definitely feel like that's where we're headed I don't know I um I, I again just want uh, Sarah Ramirez to fuck everyone uh, that's fine especially with what happens in episode 3 like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen um, and I'm wondering what they're gonna do with Ooh, that wow that definitely is like well alcoholism. that's gonna be something that's that's going to be dark i feel like they're loading a lot onto <laughs> that character yeah. like in a bad way but i mean i feel like they're mm-hmm. a lot of stuff though so do you um, think that drinking is connected to maybe that she's been suppressing 
queerness and her identity and like boredom of life. I think she's, I think I thought that the drinking was um, about yeah. her just Sam. being an unhappy person and she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, so I thought it was I, the whole time when, when uh, Charlotte discovers the Tito's. The, the, uh, I didn't love that. Can I say I didn't love that, that vomit? The because Tito's. I feel like if you're a secretive person and you're hiding shit, you know where every secret you have is. And I just don't think for a second she would have just left her bag with Charlotte to like potentially find those. I don't know. Right, like, she been like it's oh yes, I do have pocket. a charger. Let me it's get it for like, you know, I, I don't think she would have just let her go rummaging through her bag. Unless, um, well, unless it's like she forgot the bottles were there because she was so drunk. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they had. I've, I was uh, thinking the whole time about how you know Kristen Davis has you know mm-hmm. revealed that she is you know she's sober, and uh, she used to be an alcoholic. Um, so like any time that Kristen Davis does something like when she had that character in in Couples Retreat, she you know mm-hmm. everybody was on a retreat and there was a lot of drinking, and I was thinking about that, and I the her discovering the. The liquor bottles in her bag i was wondering what that's sort of like as a performer to sort of um, yeah. have to act out scenes that not saying it's triggering but like that is uh sort of reminiscent for maybe something that is similar mm-hmm. to something that happened in your own life well, we also in the third episode we get introduced to uh, the plot line that her daughter rose might potentially be trans or non-binary. We're not sure where the plot line is going. Uh, how do you feel like that has been? <laughs> how do you think that was handled so far in the third episode? <laughs> well, I think, I think for any of the characters for that to happen to, I think it would be more interesting for it to happen with Charlotte because of how she views stuff in a very rigid way. Um, I feel like the show mm-hmm. throws a lot of curveballs at her. And I loved what she said, you know, um, in the scene that she had with Anthony, where uh, Anthony's response to her was, you're too indulgent with your children. And I thought that was interesting when she's obviously trying to be more compassionate and she's trying to learn more and she's just looking for advice and i think she means really well i think it's interesting that of of the actresses that are on the show her character is the one Mm -hmm. that a modern audience would probably have the most trouble with right um because of stuff we've seen in the original show but i'm i'm really glad that she's not resisting it and the character is just she just thrown into like the deep end and she well she like that she help, says to him, she's, she's like i don't she's, know she's reaching what I'm out doing. for it like i don't know how to even approach this but i don't want to like just ignore it and I, I i at first i was like well you know anthony is a gay man shouldn't he be more sensitive towards this i'm like oh wait anthony is not sensitive he's not a sensitive person um he's an older gay man and he's older you know oh <sighs> 
Well, older I mean, gay surrounded they by could hot deliver muscly bakery, delivery bakery. Anytime, honey. Any buns they want it. That'd be fine. I know. I was distracted in that scene. Just like, being, I was like, like going I know it's a very important like, conversation they're having, but like, look at the man behind him. It was a lovely treat for the gays. I appreciated it. But yeah, I do. <laughs> and I did like the last note of the episode, her calling Rose and just saying, you know, she loved loved them. And like, I, 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 I do think, you know, like you said, I think of all the characters for to have that be a plot line, it's very smart to make it Charlotte because I think it's interesting to see Charlotte in a very comfortable place. Um, and then having her life be disrupted again because I was curious, like, well, what are they gonna do with Charlotte? Like, I mean, her whole plot line can't be like, I want to be friends with the cool black lady at school. Like, they can't be her entire like plot line of this series. So I'm happy they gave her something else. And uh, I mean, yeah. the the show I think in a way has really been approaching <laughs> adding more diversity to the show in a way that doesn't feel gross and performative so far. Like at least feels like the way they've been handling it has been a lot more sensitively done than I was. Not that I thought it was going to be like bad, but I was worried how they would fix, like they're clearly trying to fix their wrongs of the past that they've all been very vocal about <laughs> many times. But with, but they're like these are also older okay. white women. Like, like you know, but I mean, there there are lessons to be learned. They are they are at an age where where they would be called. They run the risk of. Being I mean, Miranda almost Karen. basically has a care of that age. Episode. She does. Has several. That's why there's the thing on the subway, the thing with the class. Like someone was telling mm-hmm. me, they're like, I, I was so uncomfortable because with that. it's a character you, know, like, you love that is, um, it, it's, it's kind of humanizing. It's like she's not, we know she's not a bad person, we know she's actually a very liberal minded, intelligent woman. And she's just, um, she like I, said, I think she had to carry, she's like, I was trying so hard to not say the wrong thing that I was saying all the wrong things. <laughs> and I think that's can be very relatable. I mean, I know I have felt that way before. Yeah, but also like there is when she was having the conversation on the subway platform. She, I think it was that scene where she's like, "What it says and how to be an anti-racist. Oh this is what you're supposed to do." And like, I imagine, I think that is such an interesting thing to do to have, um, you know, the reverberations after the last like two or three years. I don't, it felt very true to me to have it in there. And Miranda is the type of character who would, because also she's a lawyer, she would right. want you to know that she is. I love doing, that it's taking characters to, right to task, like major characters, like even, even um, Carrie, the, there's the whole plotline in the new show. Yeah. She's on this podcast because there's lucrative money in podcasting. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. When is, uh, my, when is my check coming? But I love that Sara Ramirez is like, <laughs> um, yeah, so you can't just like sit there and giggle the whole time. Like you have to actually like engage with the conversation and you're being kind of a prude about sex and you you, still, like, you, you wrote a sex column because there's definitely been discourse since the original show about why is it that Carrie writes a sex column and yet she... Yeah, she could be. There are times she could be very open about sex, and other times it was she was a little prudish. 
I have to say. I mean, my God. Yeah, I bet we could probably just take turns um, talking about. Oh, I mean, uh, I, the one that comes to mind for me is when Samantha, she finds Samantha giving a blowjob to the the UPS man. Um, yeah. Or the this part where Samantha wants to have a threesome with the two gay guys, and she's they're like, gay. "They're young, they're healthy," and she's like, "They're gay." She does. I think she actually says, "You have a very limited view on sexuality." Whole bisexual episode. Um, was this a layover? We're kissing a layover. Like, that stuff. It was nice. Like well, it's a like funny line. <laughs> you know, like, different like, and just that, like that. Stop. We saw all the problems with the old series. Uh, I guess so. My final question. Um, well, well, I have two more questions. I lied. I have two more questions for you. Okay, so we have seen some old characters from the original series being sprinkled back in. We've seen, um, uh, fucking other Natasha. Natasha. I was like, what the fuck is that woman's name? We have Natasha. We've had, of course, Bitsy Von Muffling. We've also had. I cannot remember her goddamn woman. Oh, Susan. Susan Sharon. Susan Sharon. I first of all, I was fucking thrilled to see her. But oh, what if you could bring back yes. one character from the original series, uh, even for like, yeah, just like a cameo, if it was just a cameo, who would you want to bring back for the new show? Oh, that's so hard. Um, oh, I mean, we're always down. They better bring back in the Always. She must write for Vogue sometimes still. Yeah, I hope they fun characters. Uh, a lot of really fun characters were connected to Samantha. Um, or the character or the actor has passed. So like we can't bring back Magda, unfortunately, because she passed away. Um, I would love to find out. Maybe Chris Johnson didn't Where die. Where the fuck have you Maybe been? The funeral was a ruse. Um, you thought I was dead. <laughs> I actually think <laughs> I could die. Um, I feel like someone who would feel like a, you know, stick out like a sore thumb. But I would just love to see a cameo of her. Would be um, Amalita. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the Euro trash girl who, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like season one, um, her or, um, mm. I don't know, you know maybe like, like I don't even know what this would, what the purpose of this would be, but I would also love to see some sprinkling of like Trey McDougal, like some sort of run in with Trey and Charlotte. I don't know. I think that could be interesting. Yeah. Even if it's just like a reminder of like the life she was living and how I, much she's changed, if it's like something that helps her with like all the change in her life that's happening now. Do it. That would be interesting. Can I counter with a different question? Would you well, I feel like he's going how would, to, what would your reaction be if Aiden that that he's up. gonna pop back up? Um, I would be curious really? to see what, like, not what the well, yeah, like what the purpose of him being in the story would be. Like, I don't, I don't see her 
going back to Aiden, you know, like again, like especially after all the drama, oh God, all the drama of the second movie. Um, my God, I love what the second movie was like. I don't want you to have a TV in the bedroom. Ugh, can we go to dinner? Like, <laughs> we were really, we were grasping at straws in that second movie. Um, can I be honest? The only I real just, the moment of drama I that like, I felt in the entire movie that felt like a real thing was when Charlotte was in the pantry, like crying while her, her while her kids were freaking out. I was like, this feels real. Like this, this feels like a thing. Um, the series, like, like one of the only times in the movie, I was like, Charlotte well, Janelle, real breaking point. locked in a pantry with Kristen Davis, and this feels very visceral. Um, <laughs> Cosmos and strutting down Fifth Avenue was gonna lead to like bawling like, your eyes oh, out while your child was I'm like, well, that feels very dismissive. First of all, her her vintage skirt was ruined with <laughs> icing. Um, <laughs> that's vintage, Valentino. It's vintage, yeah, girl, because she's Charlotte. Um, why are you cooking in vintage? Yeah, I, I don't know what Aiden would do. I, I'm curious. I, I hear he's coming back. But I don't know what his what his point what the point of his presence is going to be. Maybe they're gonna, gonna maybe fuck, they are gonna Sarah fuck everybody. They, I keep using the wrong pronoun. Gonna fuck everyone. Gonna run into each other at a Sarah Ramirez. I'm like, well, Sarah Ramirez definitely gonna fuck Miranda. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I definitely was getting those flirtations. Flotations, yeah. Flotations. Sure. Can I ask you another question? Do you feel like they're making like in terms Steve of, a little too uh, old? Like they're making him. He was like such a like a like a. Maybe it's such a weird way to describe him. He was always to oh, me yeah. oh, like hot. a jolly little hot. stud. He was just like. He's so hot. If you guys need something hot to look at, look up the Take Me Out videos from Broadway. Just do it. Um, he was always yeah. like the hot, kind of nerdy guy. Now um, they've sort of given him I definitely a little feel bit like, of a buddy daddy um, quality. I think this is probably intentional. They're like, let's, let's, because I mean, Miranda says in the third episode, like, oh yeah, we haven't had sex in years. Years. Um, I'm like, girl, if you need someone to, to fuck in, I will I will gladly <laughs> volunteer for that. But I would say you can definitely tell they're trying to lean into like we're in a different place. We're older. He has a hearing aid now. Like, you know, like, I don't think these are like unbelievable things. Obviously, these are things that happen. I just think uh first of all, I feel like his role in the second film was nearly uh like non-existent so he's kind of felt like a character that's been sidelined since the first mm-hmm. movie because he did have a very strong plot in the first movie but so yeah, yeah I, I wonder how much that will be addressed if maybe she's going to like say to him like there's no passion in our marriage anymore like i feel like we are literally just <laughs> eating ice cream and watching tv you know and and you're clicking on your hearing aid and that's like all we got so What was my? I think one of my favorite lines in the third episode is when they're getting ready doing their dessert ritual, 
And she's like, he's like, what are we gonna watch? And she says, how about that Dana show that everyone said confusing but worth it? Um, maybe, maybe she's not gonna have an affair with Sarah Ramirez. Open maybe they're gonna maybe. just maybe we're gonna open up their introduce marriage. her to maybe an marriage, or maybe they'll have a threesome. Maybe he will just watch. Sarah Ramirez and Cynthia Nixon have sex. You know, we're gonna get some sex into the show. Like, don't, life worth don't living. Think we're not. There we go. I think it's definitely gonna happen. <laughs> I think it's gonna. And let me tell you, yeah. Cynthia Nixon has never been afraid of those sex scenes in that show. That's what I'll say. Like, I think she has the most graphic sex no. scene in the first yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they have that makeup. Oh, sex. the one after they reconcile. Yeah. So my last question for you is yeah. actually the last question. This is the really last one. Um, how long do you see this new series lasting? Do you think we'll maybe get two seasons? Do you think it might last longer? They definitely seem like they really enjoyed doing it. And I, I from what I hear, uh, Michael Patrick King thinks there's definitely more story to tell at the end of the first season. So it, it feels like they're all unofficially signing on i do think it's very unfortunate that the season two will have to start with like now the death of stanford like that's like truly sad and in sort of a a weird way i'm 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 really glad like he didn't pass in like the middle of filming because um oh that would have been so hard when he died just sidebar i have to say that the thing that I was going to yeah. write something, but I couldn't like make it into an actual piece. There's something about um, Stanford, even though he's played by a straight actor. Yeah. Um, there's something about how yeah, yeah, yeah. he taught yeah. me going back to the first question you asked, like Stanford wasn't just like, you know, a buff, hot gay, like a gay guy who had a hard time finding people. Oh, I, I definitely. Um, and he was agree. very self-conscious, and he, the episode where uh, Rick Nine oh, yeah. Plus and Big Tool for you, mm-hmm. um, when he goes to the underwear party, I don't know that I think that episode is a little mm-hmm. underrated in terms of uh, body types with gay men. I would be happy if this got like another season. I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, we'll say as like a word of caution that I think they should keep in mind is if they bring it back, they need to take their time with it. Um, If it was something like we get this season this year and then there's a year, two years, and then they come back, I would prefer that them than them coming back and be like, well, it, you know, we have to hit the ground running. People really love the show. We have to think of stories. Let's do it. I think, Mm. I think, that would make the show suffer sort of in the way that the second movie suffered um, mm-hmm. in a way. So we're not going to go. The second movie also just suffered because like. It was Scooby-Doo. Jesus. Oh, but they literally go like their heads pop around that car like boop, 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 boop. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. They are in burkas and we are in trouble, honey. Yeah. Like that was that was a whole thing. It's like this is very problematic and also it's just bad. So. <laughs> I feel like luckily with HBO shows, it feels like there's at least always like a year gap between seasons. So, and I do, it seems like they all were pretty inspired by the stories they were telling in season one. So maybe they've already naturally kind of fit. Well, 
there's so many factors now to fix to fit in though because now like there is like they'll have to address stanford like that like, you can't just like have him disappear that's <laughs> not something you can He's do in london working you know like my god um he wasn't invited to brunch again so he's done like you know like <laughs> oh i got a four top for him and he didn't show up Can i say i love that he was like because as first of all as a gay watcher of the show it felt like finally like a voice of like you know charlotte i feel like you've never thought i was like part of her like core friend group like yeah. i always treat me like an outsider because i feel like stanford was definitely treated like an outsider sometimes on that damn show so i like that he's getting his thoughts in um but yeah like, let's say let's say they do reconcile with kim Cattrall. like uh that's gonna be a whole thing like it's that's it, there are so many factors to fit in i'm so I I see I could see maybe like three seasons of it. You know what I mean? Um, because I mean it's it's definitely from what I understand it's like been a big hit so far. Like the numbers have been good and everything. So like, and I think people have been well. Some people, of course, have lots of things to say, but they're always going to have things to say. But I will say, as a mega fan of the show, I I remember watching the first episode and thinking. I'm surprisingly very pleased with this, and I think I don't have any notes. Like, so far, I don't have any notes. Um, I've been very, especially the third episode, felt like it It felt like it was getting more into the tone of the old show, in a way. Like, it was, first of all, I love just watching Carrie Bradshaw walk around like a crazy person around New York City. I was like, this this feels very correct. Yeah. The, the stuff with Natasha um like pointing at her from the street and, and how they run into each other is that like perfect like mortified thing that i mean she even says she's like i've been embarrassed enough in front of that woman and i was like that's your that's the relationship you have um which is fine yeah uh, annie get your clothes on um here i'm like, like annie get your clothes on i do say that you as a fan and i think me as a huge fan I think the people that are fans of the show and not and not just fans of the mythology of the show, mm. you know what I mean? No, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the fad of the show. I think the people that like this show are sort of the true fans of the show because mm-hmm. we got the characters. I think most people that are complaining about the tone or anything like that are the kind of viewers who are just like, what are you going to do for me? And I don't like that. Right. Uh, so I don't know. Also, because I'm always the person that's defending the show when people refer to, like, people have a... The sad thing about Sex and the City, too, is I feel like it it's every stereotype that I always was, like, fighting. No, the show isn't what Sex and the City 2 exactly is. So, like, it, it, was a, it was a really bad last thing to happen <laughs> with the franchise and I kept thinking like they've got to make a third movie I swear to god that's where they end this whole thing it's gonna be so oh. sad but like for me like I tell people all the time I'm like you know Sex and City is like not the show that people pretend it is like it's actually I would say it's I've when re-watching it there are so many like emotional episodes like and people I think they get so caught up on like the sex or the fashion or the like oh they're living outside their means yada 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 and like first of all all of that is discussed on the show it's very much discussed how materialistic carrie is and how it i mean literally almost makes her homeless because she mm-hmm. has no money saved in the bank 
And I think for me, it's always been more about the characters and the connections and that part of it because I'm a emotional gay. And so I'm I'm here for this. I'm here for this darker sex in the city. I actually find it so far to be very interesting. I do too. I, I um it feels like, and I've said this before, but it feels like with so much distance from the original show, um, the original series feels a little bit more like a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I first watched it, I didn't think, I thought it was like real life and maybe it right. more real life, but the world has changed so much and the characters have changed so much that it does sort of feel like a distant thing that I can look at lovingly despite all the innumerable um, problems that yeah. have you know come up since the world has changed and the world has gotten a little bit more tolerant blah 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 blah. oh there was this really great there was an episode of the view recently where uh laverne cox was on as a guest moderator and they were talking about and just like that and one of those women one of those white women the white blonde woman whose name i always forget sarah something i don't know she's some anonymous white blonde woman it's like, well, you know, in New York City back then, you know, it was a different time, like in reference to how there were no like people of color on the show. And Laverne Cox went, Well, I was a woman living in New York City at that time. And I can tell you that like yeah. people of color did exist. And it was so it was so like uncomfortable in the best way. Um and great. And Laverne Cox was like, that being said, I'm a huge fan of the show. I just, you know, there are clearly things. Oh, that- she is? Okay. Yeah, she was like, oh, I love the show. Like, big, big fan of the show. Um, her and Sunny. Her and Sunny. <laughs> but they also were like, but that being said, it's nice to see the show embracing, you know, diversity uh, in a real way. It, it feels like almost like a healing moment for, honestly, the franchise. Well, you, you can't, you can't, have, you can't, you can't not have that. Like, it's very... Yeah. It feels like a pointed statement if you do that, I think, at this point. Yeah. Even, like, Succession is, like, such a white program. But even it has people of color on it. Yeah. Not many. And also, or it's, like, if there are no <laughs> people of color, it's usually for a reason. Like, it's usually, like, a pointed statement about the people the show is about. You know what I mean? Um, and these being such, like, hip, liberal-minded women, it was starting to be, like, where are all the people of color? What's going on here? What exactly is happening? Well, like even even the first movie, you bring Jennifer Hudson in to just Louise from St. Louis. Yeah, like it was you know the narrative that we've seen in so many movies. Um, like she literally says to Jennifer Hudson, "You brought me back to life," and I was like, "Stop, no." Yeah. She's like, and I gave you a purse. I gave you the ugliest Louis Vuitton purse I could think of. So ugly. I'm sorry. When she opens the box and she starts screaming, she's not excited. She's like, this purse is so ugly. Like, I finally have a Louis Vuitton. It's the ugliest bag I have. Yeah. Like, couldn't she have just gotten her classic, like, like neutral colored purse that could be fashionable forever? Like, not like, my God. Well, all that being said, I think we could sit here and chat forever about this. And yeah. maybe maybe we'll come back again in the future. We'll talk about how it all wrapped up. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, Joey. You're always welcome. I love uh, chatting with you and bitching with you. And I got hot boys with you. And uh, 
We love it. Now, where can the viewers listen uh, or where can they listen to you? <laughs> where, but you know, where can they uh, support your your content, your contributions to the world of pop culture? Um, I am at. Uh, I just had a stroke and forgot. Um, mm. On Twitter and Instagram at Joey Moser eighty three. If you want to read anything that we're doing, we're doing. I have a bunch of interviews still coming up. There's so mm. many. Um, at awardsdaily.com i write for both the television side and doing some interviews for the film side i cover the short films for the the film side so there's a lot of stuff there oh yeah uh and you can follow me at zachary from no Age on instagram and twitter and you of course can follow the podcast at iaw podcast on instagram twitter and facebook uh and just like that it's we've reached the end of the episode 